You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. word in the text is worrying. To worry is to be anxious. The root meaning of anxious is to twist. To twist is to distort or confuse. And one thing we have to understand as children of God, according to 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, our God is not the author of confusion. He's not the author of confusion. Let me just back up and say again, to worry is to be anxious. The root meaning of anxious is to twist. To twist is to distort or confuse. And according to 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, our God is not the author of confusion. So when you consider all that I have said, I would not be wrong to say our God is not the author of worry. It's not God that's causing you to worry. It's not God that has put it in your being to worry. It didn't come from him because he is not the author of it. How many understand that? And so anytime you get to worry, bottom line, you out the will of God. I said, anytime you get to worrying, you are out of the will of God. Let me take it a little further. To worry also is to take thought. That's actually uh, what the King James Version says. You know, why do you take thought? So again, to worry is to take thought. To take thought is when you choose to think about something that's going to upset you. That's going to trouble you. And folk could do that. Matter of fact, we have done it. Somebody can say, you you know what, you need to to call home real quick. Uh, They need to talk to you. Oh, God. Oh. Lord, oh Lord, what's going on? You, you just crying, hollering, and doing everything. Because somebody I'm, said something that I got to you, so you automatically thinking you need to call home because something bad is going on, and so you start taking thought. You get upset, and you don't even know the conclusion of stuff. 
or the doctor can tell you something negative and you start thinking based upon what the doctor has said. And when you do that, that's worry. To worry is to take thought or to start thinking again about something that's going to upset you. And often we'll take thought or start thinking about something that we don't even have a clear understanding about. Somebody just say something and, and it'll upset us. We can't do that. Like it or not, that's worry. And that's not the wish of God for you to take thought. He got so quiet, all these folk in here just got just mouse quiet when I said that. Like, whoa, I just did that yesterday. Well, now you know better. You know better now. Because the Lord does not want you to choose to think about something that's going to upset you. I meditate on that. Why lose sleep thinking about something you don't have the power to do anything about? And if you do have power to change something for the better, go ahead and change it. Don't just think about it. Go ahead and change it. But don't stress yourself out over stuff that uh, you shouldn't worry about. Amen? Amen. Now I'm finna drop something else on you that Paul said to the church in reference to worry. I want to show you this particular thing. Let's go to Philippians 4 and consider just the first part of the sixth verse. Philippians, the fourth chapter. And the first part of the sixth verse, Philippians 4 and 6. Be anxious for nothing. Nothing connotes not one thing. That does not mean stuff is not going to come to your mind and try to make you worry. As a free moral agent, you have a choice. You can choose not to worry. Now, you're going to have to train yourself, especially if for years you have been doing nothing but worry. You're going to have to erase all of that. And retrain yourself. Be anxious or don't worry for what? Now nothing as it refers to a person connotes nobody. Bottom line, don't allow anybody to cause you to worry. 
And in some cases, if what somebody is saying is worrying you, you're going to either have to tell them to be quiet or go country on them, shut up. (laughs) Or just... Or straighten them. Or you have to straighten them. Yeah, if they get to talking stuff and it's sound and they're talking dumb stuff, and especially if it's a brother or sister, you just straighten that person. I'm not telling you to be mean to the person. I'm just telling you just straighten the person. Look, why, why are you talking like that? You know, that ain't Bible what you're saying. What you mean? Straighten the person right then if it's a brother or sister so they won't keep doing that dumb stuff. You understand what I'm saying? But be anxious for Say your neighbor, that's not Walker 102. That's Philippians 4 and 6. Bottom line, that's Bible. Is it Bible? Be anxious for what? So you can't leave here saying, you know, that old preacher talking about don't be anxious or worried for nothing. I don't know what he talking about. No, it's bigger than the preacher now. This is Bible. Be anxious for what? Don't be anxious for nothing. Not one thing that don't allow your spouse, your mama, your child, or anybody else to cause you to worry. And again, it's going to take some training. You can't just leave here doing it in one day. If you've been used to doing the opposite for years it's gonna take some training i gotta move on but i got to know how many receive this verse right here you're receiving the teaching so far and and this is a rhema for you that gonna take some work and so contextually jesus as his disciples, Lord of mercy, let's go back there. Let's go back there. Matthew 6 and 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his statue? A cubit is the distance from your elbow to your middle finger. Distance from your elbow to your middle finger. 17 to 22 inches. That that was what he wanted to know. Can you make your stature bigger? Can you do it? Do you have the power to do it? Any of you? Is what he asked his disciples. And of course, if I asked you the question, you would say, no. The only way that can happen is by supernatural means. Bottom line is certain things are going to get bigger in your life. It's going to have to be an act of God. If you are going to experience increase in certain aspects of your life, 
is going to take the omnipotent God to do it. He's the only one that can do it. And I'll show you why. Go with me to Luke, uh, the 18th chapter. Luke, the 18th chapter. And we're just going to consider one verse in Luke 18. Something that Jesus said in Luke 18. And 27. This got to get in your being. This has got to get in you. Luke 18 and 27. The things which are impossible with men are possible with who? Possible means doable. The things that are not doable with men are doable with God. The things that are impossible are not doable with men are possible or doable with who? That's the reason we tell folk God can do anything save fail. God can turn your situation completely around. God can make a way out of no way. You can look at the ocean and say it, it ain't no way we're going to be able to cross it. But, but, but God would do a Red Sea thing. <laughs> God will breathe on it and cause it to go back. And say go ahead and walk on across. Things that are not doable with men are doable with God. Don't ever count God out. Don't ever let a person convince you that what he or she uh, considers the conclusion of something that it is in fact the conclusion. Have in your being when folks try to tell you it's over that it's not over until God says it's over. Matter of fact, go ahead and practice that on somebody. Just say to a person, it ain't over until God says it's over. That's the reason the Bible calls him the Alpha and the Omega. What does that mean, preacher? The beginning and the end. The one that was, the one that is, and the one that is to come. He is the first and the last. God has the final say. Don't you ever allow somebody to cause you to get in a place that they desire you to get in with their words. No, God has the final say. That's the reason some of us, we have learned that we just don't take man at his word. Even if what the person is saying is a fact. Because facts can change. I said facts can change. The fact is you used to be low down. But God t- 
turn you completely around because he sanctified you. He set you apart, did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. And look at you now. They said you would always be an alcoholic, but the devil was a liar. Look how God done cleaned you up. You don't even want to be around alcohol. You don't even want to sniff alcohol. All you want is Jesus. If you get high, you get high on the spirit of God because you have learned that can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Some of y'all ain't happy yet, but I'm going to preach it anyhow. Can't nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Who has the final say? You don't ever let folks convince you that they're right. I don't care who it is. God has the final say. It ain't over until he says it's over. I have been in situations to, to where folk can, can just be trying to make me accept what they're saying is right. You, you ever been there? You're in denial. I ain't in no denial. You, I just ain't going to agree with you because you think you're right. Well, I have been through such and such training and, and what I'm saying is factual. Yeah, but the same facts you're looking at years ago, they were different. And what you're saying to me now is going to change because I understand that the only thing that does not change is God. How many understand the only thing that does not change is God, which equates his word? What Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall, but not my word. The thing that's never going to change is God's word. And see, I'm preaching it, I'm drilling it, because I want you to get in you that no matter what people say, they don't have the final sight. You become what you believe. And there's certain things, even though they may sound right, they're just not true. I had to train myself not to agree with folk. If I would have listened to certain folks, I would still be in a hole. I ain't the only one. You would still be in your mess if you had to listen to certain folk. You're going to be just like such and such. He wasn't nothing and you ain't going to be. The devil is a lot. That's the reason I ain't going to be broke is because I remember him being broke. The reason I ain't going to struggle is because I remember how he struggled. Don't let folks tell you because your kinfolk was a certain way, you're going to be a certain way. No, you let them know the reason I ain't going to be that way is because he was that way. You learn from the past. And sometimes you learn from folk. Experience is not the best teacher. If it's a hole right here and Mr. Jackson's in front of me and he step in that hole and twist his ankle, guess what? He done learned me something. 
He done let me know I need to go to the left or go to the right. You have to learn from folk. When it comes to certain things, God is the only person that can perform them. With men, things are impossible or not doable, but with God, all things are possible or doable. Get that in your being. I got to move on, but who has the final say? Because he's the author, finisher, alpha, omega, the first and the last. And so he wanted to know, again, back in Matthew 6 and 27, can you change your stature? My word. No. No. Can't do it. And then he went on in verse 28. Notice again. To ask them the question. So why do you worry? Now, of course, he said about clothing. But the bottom line, why do you worry? And, and sometimes when you're doing it, you, you just ask yourself, why, why am I worrying about this? She said, my shoes didn't look good. Why, so why you worry about that? <laughs> so you're going to worry about that for three hours. She said, your shoes didn't look good. She didn't pay for it. Why you worrying about it? <laughs> she ain't going to give you no money to get some different shoes. Why you worried about it? I invited her to lunch, and she didn't like the lunch that I fixed. Well, did you like it? She may have different taste buds. But if she was just trying to insult you, just don't invite her again. But why worry about it? Say your neighbor, honestly... Some things we choose to worry about are just stupid. And, and some of us, I, I hate to say this, you like to worry. And you like to call folk and tell them what you're worrying about. Girl, you're doing good. I had to call and tell you this right here. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me get a Kleenex. Girl, I'm telling you, he just, I ain't even been able to sleep. Cause you ain't going to believe what he told me. And you just on the phone wearing, and now you're trying to get somebody else to wear. Here, here they go. I can't believe he told you that. I understand perfectly why you didn't sleep last night. (laughs) 
I may be dumb stuff. And, and see how we're laughing? But what I just... What I just showed you and said to you is real. Yeah. And, and some of you know it's real because the whole time I'm saying it ain't funny to you because you're like, how he know that? How do he know that? Why do you worry? I'm, I'm, I mean, and, and it's a choice. You can stop yourself. God gave you that much power. Saint or sinner, you can stop yourself. You ain't, you ain't got to take a truckload of pills. You just have to use your God-given ability to make the choice. And sometimes it's going to be a fight, but just keep choosing. Every time the enemy try to make you worry, just no. He come back, no. Come back, come back. Just keep on rejecting it. See, that's the reason even uh, the Lord told James to tell the saints of God in James 4 and 6 and following. Submit yourself to God. Then he said, resist the devil. And see, the devil not only represents the primary enemy of God, but it represents anything which is evil. And worrying is evil. It'll kill you. It will kill you. You have to resist it. So, that, so it means that it's something that's going to fight you. Something that's going to try to get in you. Something that's going to try to control you. But you have to keep resisting it. And resist it by submitting to God. Just like a teaching like this, keep remembering what, what I was teaching Based upon the scripture, remember it and submit to it, but resist every time the enemy comes with worry or something evil that he wants you to think about. And sometimes you just have to change friends. See, Solomon learned, he said, look, you need to choose your friends carefully. Be wise when it comes to choosing your friends. Don't just call anybody your friend just because y'all have coffee every Tuesday. You hear me? Well, we grew up together. We friends. I grew up with a whole lot of folk, but we ain't friends. Some of them I don't even want to be around me. He's so mean. No, I'm real. If folk I don't want to want to be around me, you ought to have folk you don't want to be around you. Even Jesus was to the point with, with all his disciples. He, at, at times he said, hey, Peter, James, and John, y'all come. rest of y'all, chill. Y'all come on. Come on, Peter, James, John. <laughs> Let's go. You hear me? Why do you worry? Ask your neighbor, why do you worry? And, and don't, don't do that... Uh, Thing what mofo do? I don't know. There you do. There you do. You may have to think about it for a minute, but you know why you were. See, some, some folks were because it's a habit. That's all it is. It's just a habit. You just done got so used to it, and you think it's okay to do that because everybody else does it. But it's not okay if you're Christian. 
We are to live according to Matthew 4 and 4 by the word. We don't live like normal folk. We live by the word. That's the reason uh, the Bible is distinctive when it talks about the just. In Romans 1 and 17, it says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 14 and 15 says in part, but how shall they hear without a preacher? And how he going to truly be a preacher if he has been sent? We live different as child, as children of God. We live a different lifestyle. We think different. We talk different. And we do different. How many understand that? Well, I don't try to be above. Ain't nobody asking you to be above nobody. We're just telling you you need to live according to the word. Amen? Amen? So, I'm still on the question. Why do you worry? Why do you worry? And the next time you are attacked by worrying, you start worrying for four or five minutes. You need to just halt everything. Say, why am I worrying about this? Why in the world am I worried about this? All the mercy. Y'all all right? Yeah. Let's go further as I get ready to close it. Now, now notice this. Verse 29. Well, let me read verse 28 and 29 so it'll uh, be more clearer. Jesus said, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you? Oh you of little faith. Now see notice the implication in the question uh it's just simply, is God going to treat grass better than you? Is God going to make sure certain things happen with the lilies, but is he going to treat them lilies better than you? You have to ask yourself, now, if, if God is making sure that lily is taken care of, is he going to make sure it's well with me? Because if God going to treat a flower better than the ones he created in his own image, that don't say a whole lot about it. Matter of fact, Jesus on one occasion just said to his disciples, if you being evil, and he was talking about the nature of man. He said, if you being evil know how to do good things for your children, how much more shall a heavenly father Give good things to you. See, God going to always be better to you than anybody else. 
He's going to always be better to you than anybody else. And see, when you hear folks say this dumb stuff, well, was God? Why didn't God? They don't understand God. Certain things happen in the earth because of man's ignorance of the choices of men. And see, God made us free moral agents. So certain things that happen here on earth are because of the choices of men. But ain't nobody better than God. And ain't nobody going to do for you certain things but God. That's the reason I love to say it and I'm going to say it as long as I have breath. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. You better help me say it if you really believe it. Look at somebody and say, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. And so, he identified that problem. They had little faith. Worrying because of little faith. Little faith. Little faith contextually means that they were not completely convinced in the power of God. They were not completely convinced. It would have been okay if they had little faith as a mustard seed. Because see, when it comes to little faith as a mustard seed, a mustard seed, the faith starts out small, but, it, but like the seed, it grows into a big plant. Bottom line is it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It continues to grow. But see, where the disciples were at that particular time is that they were actually double-minded. They were not completely convinced, even though they were getting the word. They were double-minded. And the Bible says when you're double-minded, God ain't going to give you anything or nothing. That's where they were. They had little faith. And little faith produces things that, that, are, that are simply in contrast to God. Look how y'all look. I got to show you something. Uh, Lord of mercy. Let's go to uh, the 8th chapter of Matthew. And look at and consider verse 26. Ready? Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so fearful? Then look at what he called them. Oh, you of what? See, if you got little faith, you're you're fearful. 
Second Timothy 1 and 7 says in part, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Why are you so fearful? Even sometimes God can tell us stuff we still fearful. He can be done and told us, look, this is the season of battle. And we still fearful. He can tell us, give and it shall be given. And we still fearful. Still won't give. Tell you the blessing of tithing, but still won't tithe. Why? Fearful. And so when you're, you're fearful, it says you got, you got little faith. But again, little faith, even in this particular passage, means that you're not fully convinced of the power of word of God. And so you're not receiving things. Things that should be happening are not happening because you have low faith. Double-minded, and if you double-minded, God can't give you what? And some of, some of y'all looking like, Lord, that's the reason I didn't get it. <laughs> and let me say to you, you are right. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to tell you something. I done been there. I done been there to where, you know, you're like, I know God can do it. But it, I, it was still, that, that fear was there. It's evident. It was still there. It's one thing for fear to attack you and you keep resisting it. I rejected it, but it's another thing for, for fear to be there and you are allowing it to control you. See, fear going to come. I'm not telling you it's not going to come, but you can't allow fear to control you. When it comes, you resist it. You reject it. You don't allow it to control you. I know God is, is saying that it's time to step out. Well, go ahead and step out. But fear that I'm, I'm still scared. So that, that's normal. Fear going to try to stop you from doing what God has told you to do. You hear me? I got to take it further. Let's go to the 16th chapter of Matthew. Lord have mercy. I'm finna upset the house now. I am. I'm going to break this scripture to the point that I'm going to upset somebody. I'm going to upset you in a good way. Notice Luke, uh, Matthew 16 and 8. But Jesus being aware of it said to them, Oh, you of little faith, why? Now you talk to his disciples. Why do you reason among yourself because you have brought no bread but the, but the thing what I want to deal with in the text is he, he identified them of, as having little faith because they were reasoning among themselves about what they didn't bring a half see what, when, when you reason you try to reach a conclusion logically as to why something did or didn't happen. I know two and two is four. And I can't understand if two and two is four, why it ain't working 
out. Because two and two is four. And see, what the disciple was doing, they, they were trying to reason why certain things went out. And Jesus discerned that I'd have been telling them to be led by the Spirit, but they are still trying to be logical about something that was supernatural. See, because folks say, now, it, it ain't no way you're going you gonna to give God 10% and he's going to open up no windows and pull you out no blessing. You ain't got no room to receive. That, that's not logical. And you would be right. That's the reason I ain't even going to try to make sense out of it. I'm just going to trust God to do what he said. And see, Jesus was trying to stop them from, from, from being logical. It's certain things you do need to be logical about. But when it comes to what God is doing, the supernatural, you can't be logical about it because it's not of men. Remember what I said earlier? According to Luke 18 and 27, the things which are impossible to men are it's certain thing that you can try to figure out on paper all you want is, is not going to add up. No matter how you try to calculate it, you can do it by hand. You can get your calculator. Still not going to add up. Because it's a God thing. I said it's a God thing. How slaves could come out of Egypt and go into a promised land and possess everything. There's no logic for that. They were not warriors. It was supernatural. God empowered them to do certain things. And if God changes not, he's going to empower you to do certain things. It's going to be bigger than your degree. It's going to be bigger than your job. Bigger than your paycheck. Bigger than whatever you can bring to the table. Woo, I got to close. Lord have mercy. And, and so they had little faith. They were trying to figure out logically something that was supernatural. You can't figure out the supernatural logically. Let me see if I do this, maybe I'll be able to do it. Look, you need to put that paper down and just understand God is in control of this thing right here. Lord have mercy. Woo! Say to your neighbor, little faith ain't going to get it. And remember what little faith is. It's when you're double-minded. You're not convinced. Fully convinced about the power of God. They needed bigger faith. Not little faith. Bigger faith. The opposite of little is bigger. They needed bigger faith which connotes. They needed to be fully convinced. Of the power of God. And see, the biggest thing that you can literally look at is yourself and others you know that God is doing great things for. Whenever you wonder if God can turn something completely around, get in that mirror. Get in that mirror. 
remember, and, and, and remember as you look in that mirror the crackhead you used to be. Get in that mirror and remember the tight what you used to be. Get in that mirror and remember how you used to curse everybody out. Get in that, in that mirror and remember how pessimistic you used to be. And just say to yourself, surely if God could turn the person in the mirror around, he can do anything save faith. And when you start operating on that level, you have went from little faith to bigger faith. You are fully convinced. And when you become convinced of the power of God and the word of God, you better watch out. Because God going to start doing for you what eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have entered into the heart of folk. And I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Woo, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.